Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18plusbegambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Game Day Podcasts from Talk Sport. Subscribe on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Game Day, the record book. Sloppy defending from Aston Villa, and you cannot afford to defend like that when people like Danny Ings are lurking in the penalty area. Jamie Vardy, you beauty! The Premier League's deadliest assassin has done it once again. Hello everybody and welcome to yet another edition of the Game Day podcast, the Game Day record book podcast indeed, uh, with me, Danny Kelly, joined for this Festive, I doubt. I don't suppose it'll be very festive in its content <laughs> edition. Um, he's been a, one of the regulars, helping us make this podcast the award-winning and universally admired behemoth that it is. Uh, Mark Webster, legendary broadcaster, music fan, football uh, impresario, all the rest of it. Hello, Mark. Thank you, Dan. I, I'll take all of those titles and work with them. You're very <laughs> Thank kind. Thank you. Well, we'll start from there and see where, and see where you go. So where we go from uh, there. Alongside him, um, pr- a former professional footballer, coach these days, as well as being uh, one of the wise men of the media, um, former Cardiff City, he'll go through other clubs himself, and Wales International. I'm using his name very correctly here because <laughs> we talked about it. Daniel Gabadon. Thank Hello, you Daniel. Very much. Danny, how are you? Thank See, you for I the feel, wise statement. I've, I'll work with that as well. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm your mum calling you Daniel, but that's your preferred uh, nomenclature. So we'll go with that, though it's going to cause confusion in the course of this show because I'm Danny Kelly. He's Daniel Gabadon. Danny stroke Daniel Ings will get mentioned a bit later on. Let's start. Let's start. Well, let's start with him, actually. We'll start with our heroes of the week. Uh, Daniel, who do you want to choose? Um, Being an ex-defender, I never like to see strikers score, but I've I've got to go with Miguel Almiron. Um, I mean, finally, you mean? Well, (laughs) finally, yeah. Yeah, you could say that. I think um, everybody's obviously been willing him to kind of get off the mark and... Twenty-one million pounds later, twenty-seven appearances, two thousand one hundred and ninety minutes, forty-six shots, and eleven months later, <laughs> <laughs> he's finally got the winner. Now Newcastle look, let me weekend. ask you about this, Daniel. Um, let me ask you about this. His fellow professional, of course, the team, the opposition would just be going. This fellow's never going to score. What about in his in the Newcastle dressing room? Do you think this will become an absolute laughing stock over the over the months? <laughs> I think he's, they've had his pants down over it. Um, I think he would have been getting a bit of stick, to be fair. Not too much, though, because obviously confidence is a big thing when it comes to strikers. So I, I think but he's probably, tried so hard. Yeah. I mean, he really is a trier, yeah. the fella, isn't he? He is. Um, and, and credit to him. I, I think he's a really good player. Um, and it's not easy being an attacking player in Newcastle's team the way they set up. You don't see a lot of the ball. Um, at times when I've seen him playing, 
You know, he works ever so hard. At times you've seen him picking the ball up on his own box, getting to the edge of the opposition box, and I think he's got no energy left to actually score. So <laughs> I think that's part it, that's of the, the issue. Thing, I've seen him play a couple of times up close and personal. And, and, and let's be honest with you, if anyone is getting a Christmas card off of him, off of Almiron, it's Joe Linton. Who I mean... He's actually yeah, got the number nine wrong. shirt. You're not wrong. He's getting he's got one goal in 18 games. He's, that's uh, his actual job. Yes, the sash now changes moves from one shoulder to <laughs> another, doesn't it? And we, we need to compliment as well the various uh, Twitter sites which have been following Miguel Almiron's travails uh, so closely. And every Saturday, Sunday or Monday, they say, has Almiron scored yet? And everyone would go, no. <laughs> and I think the first response this week was from Newcastle itself. Yes. Yeah, the official website, yes. Do you know the this, this work experience kid who's been employed for two months? Poised. Just on his finger, <laughs> hanging, dangling. No, there's no he's, he's dead now. He, yeah, he, yeah. He, had to, he had to hit it with his other hand to make it work. Well, Joe Ellington's lucky, isn't he? Because he got a... He got that early goal, the winner against sorry against Tottenham, Danny, didn't he? Yes, yeah, well put. Um, so otherwise, I think he'd be next. I'll tell, tell you so, what, though, yeah. um, Newcastle United, with a, we've already discussed, a slightly disjointed squad. Yes. Um, forward players who can't score and the rest of it. Top half of the table now. Nice. Steve, Steve, Steve Bruce, you sometimes think he's a Ivanka old Santa Claus and all the rest of it. No, you're, of course, the one who looks like Santa Claus. Thank you very much. Um, and but, I'll take the Ivanka yeah, as well. Um, but he, he's actually doing something amazing there. Um, let me uh, let me ask you who your, your hero of the week is, Mark. Uh, see, uh, Mr. Andrew Robertson, nice and easy, simple as that, um, because of course he starred in the most exciting football game <laughs> of the weekend, wow. Uh, wow. the Club World Cup. I mean, the Club World Cup. It was enough to uh, not the hit list of the BBC One's evening schedule because it went into extra time. Or as I call it, the charity shield for overseas people. Yeah. Yes, indeed you do. <laughs> Six and, million viewers. But Andrew Robertson, right. d- double whammy. D- d- there's this thing where footballers like to cover their mouths now in case yeah. they're caught on the 50,000 cameras available any ground saying something inappropriate or, or, or God, wrong. it's pathetic, isn't it? It's, it's ridiculous. It looks like it looks like the, the halitosis breakout in football. Had, had, had it's sta- almost uncontrollable. Had it started when you were playing, Dan? It's not that long ago. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh, you were yeah. all Because you, you, <laughs> you don't want to be caught don't saying be caught something out, no. wrong. So, Andrew Robertson, who clearly thinks he's got a free on a Saturday yeah. evening in the Club World Cup in Doha, has gone for it. Rafina, mm-hmm. the leather-hatted <laughs> yeah. Flamingo right-back. Uh, Scrum half. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, Scrum do like half. That. I do like the fact that the, the nominated outhouser, yeah. and obviously I've just adapted yes, the yes, phrase yes. for appropriately, he was fantastic. He was, I love the game of football. We'll talk about that later. Yes. But he was hilarious because he did so many wrong, right things. But of course, he cut, he gets Mane a card, and and Andrew Roberts just basically is caught. Not only didn't he have his hand over his face, he couldn't have his hands further away from his face as he pointed out, almost staring down the lens. <laughs> Sadio, don't worry, I'll get him. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I absolutely Old school, yeah, love that. Quite, yeah. that's, that, that's really up there. With, it's the first real uh, on-pitch indication we've had with microphones since Tony Adams, do you want some? Exactly. When it's, they mic'd up the referee, do you fun, want some? Fundamentally, we, Sunday morning football was alive and well and living in Doha, which is just a, a bizarre experience. But he nearly lost this title for me because afterwards, because, of course, what happened is the hit list. I don't know. I, don't, I, I, I never... No no, 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 no. But Michael, Mac- but they didn't do the cup presentation because Michael McIntyre's program was on, and Andrew Robertson 
to his shame, said, I quite like Michael McIntyre in the post-match interview. Well, another very deserving <laughs> candidate. I might throw in a third one here because um, uh, as well as there are a lot of sports I really like and other sports I don't really like, one of the ones I really, really like, but I don't know why, is weightlifting. Uh, I love weightlifting, men's and women's weightlifting. When people, Snatch. Uh, of course, I like the yeah, sport first, as they say. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> and the uh, and the, the uh, it's quite round. <laughs> the, the, these these cubic people come out, fling this thing above their head. A little bit of blood runs out their nose, yes, it doesn't does. it, from the blood pressure? Um, but but I'm making the point here that Danny Ings is now as well as he is literally carrying Southampton Football Club on his back. And nice. I suggest, I suggest we'll nice. see a little bit of blood run out of Daniel Ings's nose <laughs> very, very soon, just from the sheer effort. Last week, does he the, put chalk on his hands before he started everything? The oh, full works. Oh, they've got the they've got the built-up shoes, haven't they? <laughs> the thing they wear around their ample waist, yes. those wristbands, and then there's the kind of horrible mummy-like bandages that they wear on their hands. Yeah. Then the chalk. Ever thought about weightlifting, Dan? Um, I, back. Who was my the? Back. Oh, not with his back. I couldn't do it. Who was the best weightlifter of any football you ever played? Because they're always lifting them in gyms, aren't they? Oh, I don't know. Who could um, bench press four hundred as they say? Um, I went bad actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're oh, live yeah. though. You're live. That that the Gabadon, yeah. yeah. The yeah. guns Ashley on the Gabadon. Patrick Williams, some of a unit. He, used to be yeah, able, a he, he must be out of bench press. He had yeah. a bit of a struggle yeah. over the weekend, though, with that fellow who plays up front for Sheffield Wednesday, who was a good six inches taller than Ashley. Um, Ashley had him for pace, um, but that wasn't what the game was about. The two of them wrestled each other um, before, and it wasn't Ashley's fault. Um, no, he's Nehu, is he called? Yeah. He's a Kosovan yes. uh, centre forward. A dive for the worst dive of the, of the year for a penalty. But Danny Ings, I think it's seven goals in seven now, plus last week when he could have had three, but the yeah. footballing goals were against him. Um, I think all that he's gone through, because I... You know, I, I love picking holes in footballers, Dan. And if they just, if, if they get if they want criticism, I'm your man. But I can't stand it when they're injured. It's not fair. Yeah. The thing that they bring to the world is their physical prowess and their physical gifts. And when I see players long term injured, it breaks my heart actually because they're only going to get to play for eight or nine years. And if one of those is spent stretched out, it's a real shame. And Danny Ings yeah. has come back from a succession of various injuries to be a brilliant, brilliant player. And I think. Um, this show normally doesn't break stride, but I think we do need to break stride because I think Miguel Almiron, beautifully described by Daniel, um, Andy Robertson, of course, anyone who's threatening to give someone one uh, is all right with us. It's all right. Uh, and Danny Ings, they, they would all be really good heroes of the week. But I'm afraid that the, the shadow of a giant uh, falls across this section of the show this week. Um, Mark, you sport West Ham. Yes, indeed. Uh, I sport Tottenham, mighty Tottenham Hotspur. So both of us were... Um, extraordinarily lucky to have a, a player in our ranks who went on to be, of course, a legend at a third club at Norwich City. The hero of the week is Martin Peters. He is. I mean, this is, you know, it's 31 he went to Norwich and played 200 games. He, and he gets in their all-time at, 11. At 31, you disappear up in the roof in Logan's run, don't you? It's yeah. all over. You're, yeah. d- you're, you're done for. This, this doesn't happen. Martin Peters, I, I'm just at the wrong age to have got Martin Peters as a West Ham player. Yeah. But of course, but like like anybody of any generation, on a kind of pop cultural level, we all know who he is because he was one of the men that won the World Cup for us. And, and But of course, the great thing about, I mean, Peters wore 16. And, and that meant in that World Cup, in that 66 squad, that as far as Alf Ramsey was concerned, he was second string. 
He was the last real arrival in the team except for Roger Hunt when yes. Breeze got his injury. Peters was a, was a right-footed player. He was really competing with Nobby Styles to play right half. Then Nothing like each other. Then they decided that he was going to play the wide left and the rest is history. And I might give you a personal reminiscence about this. When I was... Um, 12 or 13, whenever it was, uh, that Martin Peters was still the king of the world at West Ham United. My hero, beyond all others, was Jimmy Greaves. Um, we went to bed very early, partially to give my parents some time off from a huge household of children. Um, often we'd go to bed at 6 o'clock in the evening and put us to bed. Take shifts. Um, I remember <laughs> my dad um, coming in. This is how highly rated Martin Peters was. Jimmy Greaves was the best striker England had ever seen. Yeah. And uh, my dad came to our bedroom one night at 10 o'clock. My twin brothers were asleep on the other side of the room. And he woke me up to tell me that um, Jimmy Greaves had been transferred out of Swap Tottenham. Swap deal. Absolutely. Swap deal. So important did Spurs think Martin Peters was going to be, they were prepared to give up Jimmy Greaves for him. And he didn't want me to hear this at school. I'll also say this. Um, it was 200 grand for Martin Peters and, and £50,000. It's the British record at the time. For Jimmy Greaves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but after the World Cup, Alf Ramsey said that um, Martin Peters was 10 years ahead of his time. In fact, Martin Peters was exactly 50 years ahead of his time. I'll tell you what I mean by that. Uh, Danny, the, the way the football's gone now, 4-2-3-1, on the left-hand side of that three, he would be as good as any player currently playing the game, with maybe the exception of Raheem Sterling. His ability to play, and this was in a time when everyone was trying to break your back yeah. while you played, was undoubted. His bravery was fantastic. And you're going to... I know you're, I'll make you cry what I'm going to say next. <laughs> he was the best player coming in on the far post to score a goal with his head until Gary Speed came along. Yeah. that's that He had exactly that same gift that Speedo had of finding... Arriving yeah. late from nowhere, yeah. And for all of you listening, of course, the other thing that needs to be said about Martin Peters, I've now been on online for nearly a day reading and listening to tributes about him. Not one person has got a bad word to say about the fella as a bloke. Just a great bloke as well. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry you missed him. Uh, you, you're right, just, you just... Two or three years. Yeah, I just, I've just. I caught him at his absolute it's peak. It's indelible in my yeah. memory as, as that England man more, but of course, you know, the fact he went on the Spurs is neither here nor there, especially no. because in his latter years, I used to see him up, up top at up, Upton Park and London Stadium singing bubbles next to his missus. And of course, so he's, take he, that. he was even on the Spurs board at one stage. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and then and Anna Sugar reminded us of that the other day as well. So, our hero of the week, despite the sterling efforts of Miguel Almiron, you can relax now, Joel Joel, Joel <laughs> Linton's going to have to get the goals from now on. Andy Robertson, well done, talking behind his hand. Um, and um, Danny Ings, our hero of the week, the late, great, lamented Martin Peters. Okay, let's get uh, back onto the part of the show that I know we're one of what you enjoy most, our Villain of the Week. Um, Mark, why don't you start this time? Well, I'm going to go with, and as much as anything else for the sport of it, is Mikel Arteta. And I'll tell you for why, is that he was the man who was meant to be the Arsenal manager last time out, and Dunai Emery got it. It was that apparently that close in the vote. Yeah. December the first was the was the time that we saw his name in the frame as coming into to the Arsenal job. We know full well that he kind of hoped that, that that his name would be the next the incumbent for the Man City job. Didn't get that promise, so therefore there was the idea that he gets this next job. So on a Friday on Friday morning, he takes a press conference in which he's talk he's laying out his his vision and his plan for Arsenal. Arsenal are training. Yeah. Go and train them. Yeah. 
and walk out with them <laughs> at Goodison Park. Why does he need to watch them from the stand? The previous week, he'd been sat in a, a technical dugout staring at it's, them. It's <laughs> not like there's not a lot of data that he might not have available to hand that he could actually put Freddie Lundberg out of his misery. And Poor rather Freddie. than stare yeah. down on that abysmal game of football... More Michael, about that later. Michael O'Neill did this when he got the Stoke job. Yeah, I think I think he went. I think he got it. It's, it went on the Thursday, training on the Friday, managed them on the Saturday. Why didn't Arteta just big grab dunk. the? Ball? It's the big dunk factor, I think. Really, on the touchline there with just the shirt and the tie on and stuff. I think he was a little bit intimidated. He didn't want to take that no, on. He didn't want to take that on. Because that, no. that I mean, case, he, that's double but, villain then. But do you th- <laughs> double in, villain? In, in that case, do you think that Ancelotti spun out the negotiation? Oh yes. What appeared like three weeks, <laughs> so as to to be able to tell Duncan Ferguson, all right, you have one more game, Dunk, yeah. Uh, yeah. and then and then I'll I'll take over. <laughs> <laughs> I think he probably negotiated with Big Dunk. He was doing negotiations. Matter of interest, with him. how big a job has Arteta got at Arsenal? In theory, big. one of the biggest clubs in the world. Yeah. They take more money still through the gate than any club in the world every fortnight, I think. Um, how big, Danny? Very big, yeah. Um, look, I don't think they can get any worse, to be honest with you. I think with the squad that they have, they are underachieving. So I can see him going in there and getting them more organised and bringing that winning mentality that he's, he's had from Man City under Pep and improving them. But. I was I gamble, to what level? You know, yeah, exactly. where, where do they need to get? I, I know back Gary to... Neville was trying to be a comedian when he said, "If you'd set out to buy the flakiest centre halves yeah. in Europe and gather them all in one club, Arsenal have done that." Yeah. But you can tell me, you're, 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 you play that position. They are, How yeah. hard is it to find people <laughs> who defend goals? Who can defend? How? No, I know, we know they're yeah, rubbish. I, I think you're about how, to say, how, how hard is it to actually go I out think... and find the worst centre halves yeah. that are available and buy them? No, the opposite, the opposite. Actually, yeah, yeah. How, how hard is it to go and find people who want to defend their goal? It, it's more difficult now. Because more and more teams now, is it is about scoring goals. I don't right. think you see as many top centre Arsenal. They are hard to find, to be honest with you. But Arsenal have been very poor at doing that. And for years, even when I was playing against them, you, they always had that flaky nature to them. You always thought you could go there and... It's and amazing how it becomes endemic of a football club, a kind of a, a, an idea about them. And, and the thing is, the worry I would have if I was an Arsenal man is that... The thing that you thought Freddie Lundberg would have got would have been a bit of a bump from players going, he's one of, you know, here's a, here's a guy, he's young, we'll go and play for him. They but surely, did not. But surely the, 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 <coughs> real, did not. the real problem yeah. for Arsenal yeah. fans with this appointment, and I'm sure that they love him because he was a good player and a captain for them, yeah. is this. Arsenal, as we have said, have made a dog's ass of buying centre-halves. Yeah. They've now imported a manager from a club and a philosophy born out of Barcelona, which doesn't even believe doesn't in no, centre-halves. No, no, absolutely no interest in centre-halving. Uh, yeah. No, they, no. they genuinely believe that one midfielder and a centre-half will do, or as we saw during their recent injury crisis, play no centre-halves yeah. and see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Uh, of course, every time a new manager comes, you get... Oh, of course, he looks a bit like Action Man. My favourite, though, is the one that the official portrait that Arsenal put out of him, holding that football in front of himself That's, with the red tyre. Yeah. People said... Hang on, is this computer generated? If you put in Spanish football manager template one, <laughs> you would get Mikel Arteta. Um, he just looks like Spanish football it, manager it, it, template it, one. It did like you're about to play him on a video game, didn't <laughs> it? Unfortunately, did. which is. But uh, listen, I, 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 it felt it's a weird game, Everton Arsenal, wasn't it? Because in the stands with Ancelotti and Arteta were the two men 
that could very easily have been in either job. And yeah. it would have made more sense more in sense. theory. Yeah. We'll come on to that game a little later. Can I say that my villain of the week, and I stand to be shouted at by uh, Mark, who seems to have enjoyed it, is the World Club Championship. Cracking game of football, Dan. Now, I'm old enough to remember when the World Club Championship was played over two legs, I think, to recall, between the champions of Europe and the champions of South America. And back in the day, Manchester United, when they were champions of Europe... Uh, for the first time, played Estudiantes de la Plata, the students of the River Plate, um, big club in Argentina at the time, in two games that were, I think, possibly the dirtiest games of football ever played. The South Americans played every dirty trick in the book. Manchester United's team were perfectly happy to respond in kind. And for the next 15 years, we kind of turned our eyes away from that. And it's, that's continued. We... In Britain, we just don't value the World Club Championship. All it ever is is a bind, isn't it? Remember Manchester United having to cancel their third round FA Cup. They pull out the FA Cup to do it. More recently, Klopp um, complaining bitterly about it. But I don't see it. When I called it earlier on, it's a charity shield for overseas people. You get Liverpool parachute in the middle of the season into one, straight into the semi-final, by the way. Um, and then they play a final the European clubs have won 12 of the last 13. Of course they have. These are The teams who win the Champions League are world 11s, aren't they? Playing Brazilian players who haven't quite escaped from Brazil yet or weren't good enough when they got to Europe. And some of them are also wearing scrum half hats for reasons <laughs> I was never quite explained to me, unless it was a Peter Cech thing and we shouldn't be taking the mickey out of it. I just don't get it, but I think I might be a dinosaur here because I wonder, Danny, whether these games where you see a stadium in an obscure footballing part of the world with lots of overseas people wearing half-and-half half scarves to a massive television audience, a massive television audience, by the way, which happens to suit Western Europe for timing, maybe we're seeing the future of football and these world leagues that they want to put on. I think that is the way that it's going to go, isn't it? I think it is all money-driven now, the game. Um, you know, Talk of the European Super League and, and, and stuff like that. So I think... It is the way things are going to go, but I think Liverpool obviously never won the trophy in their history, so I know, you could see well, what it, well done to win it, yeah, yeah. What it meant to them, the way they kind of celebrated mm. after. Um, I don't know if I would have probably celebrated the same. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have seen the same importance, but to, but to them it was a big thing. Um, and Klopp made it into a big thing as yeah. well. And, didn't and, he? and here's the thing: I listened the first half on on, on Talksport, and it sounded like a good game of football. I watched the second half. It was a good game of football. Yep. I was comfortable if it didn't make it into extra time. You know, mm. I mean, I'm not an extra time kind you of guy. You Michael anyway. McIntyre, to be fair. I cannot wait to see his wobbly chops. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about all them hilarious I'm middle five class hamsters. You're still things. doing five spice years, like, isn't he? I yeah. like to think so. But well, I'm not so prepared. I've got, don't forget, to I've got nothing it. against Michael McIntyre. Massive Spurs fan, by the way. And I remember on his way up, when he was just—he wasn't quite Michael McIntyre, king of the universe. He would often be interviewed on the on the on the, the touchline at half time at White Hart Lane as as a pudding. Oh, that, absolutely oh, beside now, himself now with I'm drinks. Suddenly warming to oh, a little bit more. He goes to the football, have a load of lager, and then come out and say, "Come on, you Spurs!" and all that. It was I great. have emotion, a, 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 emotional problems with it because it was probably ten years ago when he sort of launched, and he had like posters everywhere, and it was, and he's and he's got DVD just sold zillions. Yes, so I thought it outsold why? your DVD. He did buy. <laughs> yeah. As many Millions. as it was, minus two. <laughs> no, I didn't know. 
But the, the tragedy was, so we were visiting the families, and I went round one of the sons' house, and he's got the Michael Mack. I said, you, why have you got this? He said, I know you wouldn't like him. And he went, you're coming in. So, so he's moaning at me for me moaning that he's got the Michael Mack. So we got, and then another, we visited another one of the kids' house on Boxing Day. I said, why have you borrowed that stupid DVD off your brother? He said, I haven't, that's my one. Two of my three sons owned that Michael McIntyre DVD. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Clearly, it has resonated with me. I don't know if you're getting that. Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> it was a really good game of football, Dan. Yeah, OK. And Flamengo absolutely made it fun. But um, apart from that... I mean, Michael McIntyre was my favourite Celebrity Spurs fan for a little while because of his drunken antics on the side of the pitch. Then Adele came along, and she's mad for the Spurs, um, and so all that was good. Oh, Adele but wins. Now, I've now moved up, though. Oh. Paul Anderson... Arthur from Peaky Blinders is a big Spurs fan, it turns. I saw him at the side of the pitch the other day being interviewed. When did Peaky Blinders start sporting Spurs? That's the big moment. Now, this has been quite a confusing show. Danny, <laughs> Ke- Danny Kelly, Daniel Gabadon, Danny Ings, you want to complain about another person named after the biblical character. I do, Daniel. Yeah. Um, so, pardon? <laughs> I want to say that again. Uh, yeah. No, don't you carry on. You're, did I get you're good. Wrong? Did I get no, that you wrong? Did, you <laughs> no, you but did really well. Daniel Gabadon, why are you complaining about Daniel Farker? Because all he's had so yeah. far in his career is endless praise. Plaudits. Yeah, um, I just Fear think Lund. Fear just Lund. the stubbornness with his football philosophy for me is going to send Norwich back down to the it, championship. So that's, that's, there's a lot of people would say, but that's a great thing. That's yeah. a good thing. The man's sticking by his principles. But are you saying that there's not a line, me. yeah? I think there is. I think the good managers, they, they adjust as well. When things are not going right, you make the necessary... You look at Frank Lampard today. No. <laughs> three at the back. Worked ever so well against Tottenham. And I think you look at the contrast as well. Sheffield United, they have their own unique way of playing. But has, even, it, has he got... The, I mean, aside from that astonishing performance with, with all the midfield players playing at the back against Manchester City, has he got the players to do anything different? I think you can. I think you can get them organised on the training ground. Chris Wilder's done that with Sheffield United. Players from the lower leagues. And he's admitted himself that he's had to adjust things, that they play this unique style of football. But for the Premier League, from the Championship, we had to adjust one or two things because uh, of the step-up in class and quality. And, and for me, Norwich should be doing the same. I think 14 of their 18 games, they've conceded more than two goals, Norwich. So... And this must it be very hard where... work for Todd Cantwell and Timo Puki. Exactly. You've done everything could be expected of them. And they've yeah. got goal the scorers. They've yeah. got goal scorers in those two guys. Um, and they're so also down, I think, statistically. They keep taking the lead and losing the match. That's yeah. almost impossible to do yeah. statistically in the Premier League. Unless, unless Norwich want to be a, a yo-yo team, I don't know. Maybe that's part of their plan. I can't imagine up, it's, it's supposed down. to be part of the plan, but... Uh, well, it'd be interesting if I could, because, of course, we're only, whatever period it would have been ago, is one game away from getting sacked because they were so far down the championship. Yeah, yeah they played then the up switch, they didn't come. They, I think, so it's, you know, a, yeah. it's yo-yo, it's a yo-yo roller coaster ride. I, I, I don't even, yeah. that can happen in science. No, I, I think physically, uh, by which I mean by the laws of physics, you cannot would be you a yo-yo like roller coaster. Yo- someone yes. doing a yo-yo on a roller coaster. Yes, Is I would all indeed. I want to see? Yeah, particularly the bit where they roll over and over again. Oh, where would the string special. go? I mean, you realise that Gabadon's so young, he doesn't know what a yo-yo is. You do know that, don't you? <laughs> I do. I had one, I think, as a kid. Of course I had a yo-yo. <laughs> All right, who's our villain of the week? The World Club Championship, Daniel Farker or Miguel Arteta sitting as um, standard Spanish football manager, template one, in the stands at Goodison Park. Danny, do you want to change your vote? I'm, see, I'm not so strong on Arteta. <laughs> I, I kind of was... I, 
I was really, I was really big on this when, when there was the conspiracy theory, or perhaps it was true, that he'd influenced Freddie Lundberg's lineup by saying, "I wouldn't mind seeing X, Y, and Z playing." And also, which, why did he throw uh, throw Ozil under the bus after the game? Which yeah. that, that is, exactly, yeah. So that, I don't know if he's if he's proven to be sort of like you know he's he's already kind of deferring controller. I, 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 but that's just conjecture. I, that might be more smoke than mirrors than the truth. I so asked you, and he's answering the question. Where do you want to <laughs> no, go with this? I'm, I'm basically I'm 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 knocking off Arteta. I'm, yeah. I'm leaving it to right. you too. What? Oh, so we just what you're not. Now, the World Club Championship is going to have it, isn't it? I, yeah. I feel bad already about it. He's got club, lovely air. I'll go World Club Championship, I think. Oh. And, I'll, and I'll absolutely accept that as yes, well. Yes, he will. <laughs> and don't forget, it's getting worse. Is it 2022? It's a 24-team tournament. Really? All of this is designed... God. No, not to spread the game around the world, but to destroy the power of the Premier League. And you watch, mark my words. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. The Birdie struggling against Lewis up, gets past him. Oh, and what a finish from Ollie McBurney. In off the post. It's Dini right down the middle. Watford lead by two goals to nil. Well, he has made City wait nearly nine months for a goal here. But finally, in the month of December, Jesus has delivered at Christmas. Hey, welcome back to the Game Day Record Book Podcast. I'm Danny Kelly. Alongside me, I'm delighted to say, uh, in the festive mood of the studio, I've got Mark Webster, broadcaster extraordinary, and the former Wales international, Daniel Gavidon. Don't forget that our sister Game Day Podcast, the Premier League Preview Show, uh, it's coming out a bit, because of the festivities, coming out a bit earlier this week. Sam Matterface, Paul Parker and Tom Rennie. Fantastic lineup. You can get that podcast Tuesday morning, 5am. In fact, I think you should get up 
especially Definitely. to get it on Tuesday morning. Which means that us three, uh, three wise men, three kings, if you like, in the studio now have to do our best performance of the week. And I think, Mark, you wanted to start this because you're go- you, you, you think that the, the team or person you're going to talk about for best performance of the week is overlooked unfairly. Yeah, pure frankincense, pursuing your... <laughs> Uh, analogy. Uh, yes, uh, well, I, I've got for Man City. Yeah. Now, which is a stupid idea. Based why are, on the why fact are both Daniels now waving picked, their heads from side to side? Never getting picked. Well, they're really, really good. Aren't, aren't, they're really good, everyone, aren't they? Well, I think we can all agree with that. Expected to win at home against Leicester. Though? Right, and there's where I found. Are they not a mile behind Leicester Liverpool in the table? <laughs> but this was the thing: Man City at home, wobbling away. Like the, the wheels on the bus are not going round and round anymore at all. They lose Mikel Arteta in the week, so so that so the the boss loses his literally his right hand man. Although the body language at the uh, Emirates the previous week suggested that there was no love lost there because the two of them mm. didn't didn't make any contact during the course well, of that game. So so that okay, even more so. The, so mm. the Cold War had already begun. Yep. Pep makes the and we all know that Pep has got noises in them that says, "Do you know how little interest I have this anymore?" And it, by various yeah. ways of saying things, then it's Leicester, high flying above them. Yeah, they go a goal ahead. I love Mark, but Danny Ogre, why is he even bothering to say these words? No, no, <laughs> I really don't. Man, know. So Man City are meant to implode after they dominate for fifteen minutes. Mares is enjoying playing against his old club like the Clappers. Joby Vardy scores. What is meant to happen then? That was the most Jamie times. Vardy goal of all time as, as, as well, as wasn't Vardy it? Goals God, go, he's brilliant. Pretty Vardy. But Man City went on and win it. And neither did they go on and win it. They win it in a disciplined kind of way that has not been seen of recent times. I thought it was very impressive. Dear, oh dear, oh dear. That's got no chance. Huh? Have you got any more? <laughs> any, anything else to say there, Mark? Or is that it? My Lord, is that am I even, I'm, out, I'm out before I even started. <laughs> it, 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 oh, the shame and ignorance like of it all. It is, to, it, is to, <laughs> it is. It is to Manchester City's, um, you know, honour that we all think they should be beating Leicester happily mm. at, at home every time. Um, matter of interest, there's still the highlight for me was Jamie Vardy's goal. You must have overlapped Great with finish. Vardy. You must have played against yeah, he's him. He's quick. He's well, fast. Yeah. No, but how fast? Because... You know, he may not be as fast as Raheem Sterling, but the directness of his runs, yeah. I mean, and he always cuts off the defender. He did it again. He takes his, his touch, takes him across the defender. He says, go on then, yeah, bring me down. And he never misses. Yeah, it's, it's like the timing of his movement as well. Yeah. He's quick, yeah. but it's the positions that he gets in. And well, when I played against him, he was a... He was, I wouldn't say nobody. He was at Leicester, but he wasn't really... He was coming on sub yes. then and stuff. So he wasn't a player he was now. Um but it's a, it's a great run, great finish, and the ball just sits up nicely for him, yeah. doesn't it? Just, just to allow him to think. You could see that and... it could go just as wrong as it went right, yeah. though, couldn't it? Unless you've got he, the magic yeah. touch but and he But has. he's got better and better at finishing, he has. hasn't he? He, has. yeah. he, he? he always got in those positions, and now he yeah. hardly ever misses. He is remarkable. Yeah. I should point it, but to back yeah. up my story, that boy De Bruyne, he's, he's going to have, have a career on him, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you can set, I watched him, so I thought, you, you know what? That kid De Bruyne... He's going to be quite handy. So anyway, it, Man City. It was interesting, though, because it was contrasting halves in that game where I thought first half, Man City looked like first season Pep a little bit. You know, with yeah. that high line. That goal Vardy scored was similar to what Leicester did to them in that first season. Defending on the edge of and their then, 18 yeah, yards. And then when yeah. they got in front, then you saw... 
containment. So, he's containment. coming round. Oh, Daniel so Gabaton's traitor. coming round to my argument, Slightly. is he? God, but you're weak, Daniel. I'm you're trying, weak, I'm, trying help. I'm trying to help him. He looked into my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Not around the eyes, into the <laughs> eyes. Um, Daniel, I, I, you want to uh, nominate another team in the Premier League, yeah. but I also know there's a bit of side to this because um, <laughs> you're nothing if not a proud Welshman. Tell us about, well, tell us about your best performance of the week. Um, it's it's got to be Sheffield United. They're unreal, aren't it's they? It's got to be. Um, what, fifth in the Premier League now? Uh, unbeaten away from home. Um, three wins on the bounce. And another win yesterday, obviously, against uh, against Brighton. Um, and Chris Wilder is just doing a sensational job with that group of players. Um, they're just punching above their weight. And I, I just think... And they're also giving such a lesson to the two other teams who came up with them. How to do Aston it, Aston yeah. Villa yeah. Um, and, of yeah. course, Norwich City. Um, I must admit, I, I, I'd love to tell you, and I'd be the first to tell you if <laughs> I'd predicted this, um, I couldn't see this at all. I thought, yeah, overlapping centre-halves, most coaches will find, you know, have a one session with a blinking whiteboard and say, right, here's how we'll deal with that. Yeah. But it's not just that. It's their team spirit. It's their it's togetherness. Yeah. It's the fact that, you know... David McGoldrick never scores, but no one ever shouts at him because he's doing other things to help the rest of the team. Yeah. They are a great unit. Yeah, they've got a, the perfect mix of everything. You know, they can mix it physically. Obviously, they can play football. But you know, this system they've been working on it for for quite a long time. I remember when Chris Wilder got the Sheffield United job in in League One, and he had a bit of a ropey start. Um, didn't start too well with results, and he switched to this back three, and that got them promoted. So that's where. You know, they've been playing this system for a long time. Um, now, you have got your expensively acquired coaching <laughs> badges, Daniel. Um, what would you do to stop Sheffield United? Is it possible to stop them? It's very difficult to stop them. Because, um, as I said, they can beat you in a lot of different ways. You know, defensively strong. Um, they overload you in wide areas. Um, you know, they score goals. Even the manager's even kind of dreaming about who he's going to play the next day and stuff. He obviously came out and said about Ollie McBurney. Had a little premonition about him. Um, stuck him in and he scored as well so he, he can do no wrong and uh, they're just a, a well-oiled kind if, of team if Chris Wilder is coming off the page and starting to talk about what you see in the <laughs> yeah, tea leagues know. you know he's having yeah. too much fun already don't you I've played in teams I've gone up from the championship to the Premier League and it's so so difficult to yeah, pick up I'll results bet. and even more so kind of away from home yeah. so for them to be still unbeaten away from home is is incredible. So we're all admitting this is a tremendous surprise to everybody, but not to you, apparently. No, because no. he's made in Wales, isn't he? How are you, what do you mean by this? <laughs> well, he, uh, he he did his coaching badges with the FAW. So um, and he's not claimed, the only one, they is he? There's quite the, there's quite yeah, the list. I mean, Arteta's another yeah. one, was he? Arteta's Arteta's so so one, where does where does Vieira. this all happen? Um, there's two places. Uh -huh. um, so it's a sw the municipal swimming baths in Pontypridd. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I, I took a punt there. Yeah, yeah. I think they use the Vale Morgan Hotel, and they've also got the um, kind of FAW headquarters. You didn't do Newport your badges well. in Wales, no? No, I, I did mine in Ireland. Shh, don't say anything. <laughs> no, don't. So that's when you <laughs> become string, a great manager. Yeah. I'll be claiming you as well. Yeah, I like it. Why yeah. did you hang on? Why, why did you do them in Ireland? Um, Is it cheaper? No, just uh, well, the, Guinness, the Guinness, I think. <laughs> the Guinness Where does that go on there? Obviously in Dublin. Dublin, yeah. yeah. Oh, um, wow. Well, basically, one, I was at Crystal Palace and one of the Irish lads was jumping on the course and he said, does anybody want to uh -huh. kind of come and do it with me? And three or four of us did it, went over, really And he woke it, up three that, days yeah. later and he had his coaching it, it is, badges. It is literally <laughs> like, you, yeah, you coach for a few hours and then like, where are we going tonight? Look, I think we all should mention as well in the performances of the week, Watford. 
Um, yeah, they are yeah. statistically. They of course are coming up to Christmas the worst team in the Premier League. I think most of us have a kind of idea they can't be that bad. Some of these, but these players weren't so terrible until about four weeks before the FA Cup final last year when they all knocked off. Then they got themselves murdered in their sleep in the FA Cup final, and it's taken them a long time to come mm. around. Um, Nigel Pearson seemed to me to be a very odd choice as manager. Um, but everybody who worked with him at Leicester says, no, he's a great coach. I think also the coincidence of the return of Troy Deeney. Now, yeah. Troy is probably not the physical animal, the incredible footballer he was uh, two years ago, shall we say. Um, but he has come back into the team. And I think that Daniel, I'm going to call you Danny. Um, the thing about Troy Deeney and players like him is it's not just what they do physically around the pitch. There's something else that comes out of them, their spirit their DNA in the club yeah. brings something else, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's his mentality as well. You know, he he looks after everyone. He puts everyone in, pulls everyone Can you think of an line. example from your own career of somebody who was pulling a club um, or a team along? Well, captains I've played for, uh, Lucas Neal at uh-huh. West Ham. Was outstanding, Australian. Just what had that tremendously tough, dirty player he was. Yeah, tough <laughs> men, just tough mentality. Though, I think, I think say, say he was Australian was enough, really. He just yeah. covered that nicely, yeah. Well, yeah, and I, I think he, he, he probably had a career choice any time between association football and rugby league. Yeah. And he didn't really bother. Didn't which, make, yeah. didn't make the choice. <laughs> yeah. um, Scott Parker, again. Go on. Different yeah. kind of captain, yeah. but one that would kind of lead with the performances and... You know, would kind of make you. He's kind of doing play great as well, as well now as a manager. Yeah, he so he's he got is. Mitrovic. You imagine helps. that would he translate, is. wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. Um, so Nigel Pearson and Troy Deeney against a Manchester United side that were on the resurgence. They beat Manchester City, the great Manchester City, and they'd beaten Spurs, the great Tottenham Hotspur. Um, and uh, and suddenly, the, I think the the, the the questions are all right out again for Manchester United now after this defeat by Watford. He keeps making two steps up the ladder and two slides down the snake, doesn't he? Is it yeah. is it that surprising given the fact that in uh, you know on the same day we saw a mercurial Chelsea against as you mentioned there the aforementioned yeah. Tottenham and of course what you give Frank Lampard gets a break because he's a young manager with a young team and guess what everyone says young managers young teams is going to be patchy are United not still kind of in that situation? They are, except uh, I was absolutely shocked to note that, that uh, on the day of this defeat at Watford, it was a year in charge for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. It feels like three months, but yeah. the world moves That's very quickly. That's a good quickly. point, yeah. He's does, had does, one does... year, and they are exactly the same clunky team, li- liable to go bang away from home, particularly yeah. at the back. They don't have any leadership. You were speaking about captains. Right. They, they, I look in that United team and look, he's tried to change the the dressing room kind of philosophy and thinking by bringing in young, motivated, hungry players, which I think to a certain extent is good. But you've got to have that those experienced heads kind of around you and they just don't have that. And you need a goalkeeper that can catch the ball <laughs> as well. He has that now made more bit. mistakes leading to goals than any other player in the Premier League in the last, uh, whatever time of measuring over. And he's one of the highest paid yeah. footballers and they pitched their in the land. And they pitched they really Very, did. very strange indeed. Because we've, we've mentioned this before on this podcast, Danny, that if goalkeepers fall off very high levels of form, unlike outfield players who tend to get it back, yeah. goalkeepers tend not to do it. Look yeah. at Joe Hart, the way he just suddenly faded. And David De Gea is having a difficult two and a half years um, in and around the Spanish team and Manchester United. All right, our best performances. Manchester City. Come on, it's that plucky side Proving from the other side of Manchester. Team. And the apparently this boy, Kevin De Bruyne, is going to be a player as well. You watch him. <laughs> you had to come with something, a different angle, something left field there with that game. 
for that to get picked, yeah. and he and didn't. They beat Leicester. Sheffield oh, United. <laughs> Sheffield United's performance in and of itself, and because it was made in Merthyr Tidville or oh, somewhere, yeah, true. or Watford with their new manager and the return of their captain. Oh, it's a close um, one. Well, it's, I mean, it's a close I, one. I've got to say, I can't... You I, choose. I, 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 I I wanna le- I'm leaning on Sheffield United simply because... They, they they do they never fail to impress and I thought going to Brighton was going to be a tough ask for them I think Graham Potter looks like he could be a manager incarnate who could do really well in in you know in, yes. b- back in English football and Brighton at home could have given him a proper test and guess what they did it again yeah and I, I'm totally in agreement with that uh, fun though Manchester City were seeing them playing properly again and, and Mares in particular. Um, and great to see uh, Watford uh, showing that they're not actually moribund. No one wants teams to be really cut adrift at the bottom. It's too boring. Uh, but Sheffield United, definitely the performance of the week. And now on to one of the most hotly contested, I think this week, perhaps the most hotly contested category we've ever had on the Game Day Record Book podcast with our worst performances of the week. I'm going to start because it's my turn to go first, I think. Um, And uh, it's a double whammy. Um, Two teams performing at such a level um, that the match has been speculated uh, in social media and beyond as perhaps the worst game ever in the Premier League. And so much so that the two managers, and you'll know which game I'm talking about, the one at Goodison Park, the two managers, both of whom have yet to step foot on the training pitch, were people saying Ancelotti out and <laughs> Arteta, the template Spanish league manager number one, out before they've even got a go. <laughs> Everton nil, Arsenal nil, both sides lucky to get nil. And afterwards, the, all the fans that the Arsenal fans could do was to turn on Arsenal fan TV. Yes. I don't know if you all saw that. They started to eat themselves. <laughs> it was a, it was a sight for sore eyes. I mean, the, the Premier League is the you know it, it is the, the the thing that it is around the world because it's games by and large. Even if they start a bit slowly because everyone's so fit, they're cancelling each other out. By the end of them, something amazing has happened. A great goal has happened. The two teams have worn themselves into a nub, and you'll get a late flurry or something. Um, even you know, and the, the game at White Hart Lane the stuff off the pitch notwithstanding showed that the chaos of the Premier League is also great fun but this thing just strolled by minute after minute nothing happening I mean it's the the half 12 kickoff Dan which is famously meant to be a bit of a damn squid players hate but you, kickoffs. I'm, 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 I'm sorry Why? about that, Dan. It's sorry, a routine, Dan. Sorry, Dan. Routine, routine, routine mainly. Go out of bed early, did we? Sorry about that. <laughs> I mean, the fans hate it. We had, you know, beforehand. Paid money for our tickets. <laughs> but, but apart from, but, but how could these two sets of players get it so horribly wrong in the situation that both teams were? It just happens sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah. I think two teams lacking confidence. Um, you know, managers watching from the stand. I don't know if they felt under pressure to perform or something. I don't know if I was a manager or a new manager watching from the stand and seeing that, I'd be like, I got my work. Explain something to me, Danny. And I'm genuine. This this, this program tends to like to go off on mad t- 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 sort of t- tirades and uh, stuff. I genuinely want to know this. Why do you bother training footballers? Because the whole point of training from the military down to the most basics of ping pong players is that you replicate your skills under pressure under fire 
Footballers, first sign of anything going wrong. Oh, no, I can't play anymore. My confidence is shot. <laughs> why'd you bother to train? I don't know. We're, we're just, we're prima donnas, though, aren't we? No, I'm, I'm going, genuinely, why wouldn't, those, why wouldn't those players be able to go out and play yesterday? Well, they should be able to. They should be able to. They're doing one of the, the best jobs in the world. Um, but sometimes, you know, as I say, kind of lack of confidence. Um, it's not like you're not kind of trying as a no, player. No, I don't, I don't. I never but, worry that they're not yeah. trying. Um, it's just that, the, that when they are trying, they're no good. It's I must say, I think Duncan Ferguson celebrated like he like got exactly what he wanted, mm. which is basically three games didn't lose one. Yeah. And he would take that against an Arsenal side being looked up by their new manager. But they've, but actually, let's be honest, um, Duncan's three performances, they got worse and worse, haven't they, Everton? That was, it's, it's kind of becoming, a, a, you know, diminishing returns. Heading, heading back down to where they were right. when he got the gig. Um <sighs> Look, I don't think it'll win because there are much more exciting candidates. But a game where both sets of players, I mean, both the managers, I wonder if they ever caught each other's eye up there in the stand and going, bloody hell, you're a lot of useless, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course, both of them. Of course, Ancelotti and Arteta would have loved it because they can only improve on that, yeah. can't they? They would have loved it. That's how they want them to play on that day. Um, what's your what's your choice, Daniel? And I'm I'm taking two steps back from the microphone here, putting on my my protective clothing. That, Dan's got the winner, if you don't mind me saying. But I, I don't want to pre, I don't want to preempt Thanks, anything. Mr. West I, I over to the winner. I did have Aston Villa, but then I covered the the uh, Tottenham oh. Chelsea game. <laughs> Chelsea weren't that bad. And um, Tottenham were oh they were so they were so so po- they were poor. I just I didn't see that result coming. Obviously, Marino, four wins out of five. I'm not saying it, they've been perfect performances, but I just I didn't think they would be that disorganized, um, lacking ideas, couldn't keep the football. You know, two or three passes, giving it away, and and Chelsea just dominated in every single department. I was you could on think I was of. on air during that game, Danny, and I kept looking up to the screen and Chelsea appeared to have the ball in Spurs' third for all of the first they did. half. It was they incredible did. pressing performance by the blue team. Yeah, an all round really performance was. with and without the ball. Tactically, you know, Frank Lampard got it spot on, changed the system, went to three at the back. It, it worked a treat that Kane couldn't get hold of the ball. You know, you had centre backs around him. Um the midfield area, Kovacic in there. Um, Mason Mount was causing oh, havoc. I, I don't tremendous. know why Mourinho didn't do something about him. He kept picking the ball up in pockets, turning and running. Eric Dyer and Sissoko just did not work. Good news for Eric Dyer, though. Managed to stay on during the whole <laughs> of the longer. first half. Yeah. Deli Alley, I do not know what his role was, where he yeah. was playing. Really strange position he was playing in. Um, you know, defensively as well. I mean, if you add to that, the fact that, as I always say, whenever this game comes up, it's the game I dread, not the Arsenal game, or certainly not the West Ham game, the game I dread every year, the two games against Chelsea, because over the last 20 years, Spurs have just found new and novel ways (laughs) to lose that game. And I mean it. I mean, today, they had um, the sending off of Son, the most mild-mannered footballer in the world, gets himself sent off, and deservedly so. And then, what did Paolo... Someone try and describe for those who are listening... Can I just clarify on Son... My new favourite stat ever is that he has one equal in terms of red cards and period of time in which he got them. Lee Catamol. Okay, well... When have those two names ever been mentioned in the same well, breath? Let's just say Lee just will be pleased with it. Lee will be pleased with it. He'll be delighted. What was Paolo Gazzaniga doing for the penalty? Anybody? I don't know. 
I really don't That's know. Bizarre. You're a goalkeeper. You've got hands. Use them. I don't. I know. Obviously, the modern day goalkeeper encouraged to, to use his feet, but not when the ball's in the catching zone. It was. It was what about the, when Anthony Taylor gave it as a foul? Oh, again. That was a marvelous. <laughs> well, it's always the keeper's always been fouled, isn't he? That's one always of them, the rules. The ball went over the top, and I think it was Sanchez chasing back. Yeah. Gasly comes out. It's one of them as a defender where you just turn away. You turn away and get ready to walk. Yes, because you, know, you think the, your goalkeeper. The, the game's just, moving on, isn't it? Well, yeah. you think the keeper's just going to collect that, and, <laughs> and you're getting ready for him to roll it out to you, or he's going to kick it up the field. Next, you know, there's a, the crowd all going. It, I, I don't know what he was doing. It, it was it the was worst bit of goalkeeper. It was a horrible, horrible. Uh, it mess. is it is fun when I say I was broadcasting on the national broadcasting uh, here at Talksport. Um, and it is fun though when you're still a fan of the club and you're, you're being asked to describe what's going on. And I saw the thing going; it slowed down several times. And the best I could do was, well, in the middle of that, Alonso's hand does make contact with his face, but this is only after he's been kicked into orbit by yeah. the Spurs goalkeeper. The best I could manage was maybe they've seen that. The <laughs> only thing I got from that, I, 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 I was sort of swapping WhatsApps with my kids, and and they said, "Did you see it?" And I couldn't work out to get the gif. But uh, it reminded me of in Alien when the alien splats into John Hurt's face yeah. and, and impregnates him. And it's because he this kind has of gone like, dark. He, he, <laughs> Dear God. he comes at him like a kind of giant yeah. sort of like one dimensional splodge. How did it's it take so- furthermore then, how did it take the people at Stockley Park, wherever that is, so long to make know. the because decision. Because they, they're trying to get Anthony Taylor try- out of jail. They are. They are indeed. I guess that, that's the perfectly logical explanation. So they got all the VAR things were right and Spurs were terrible. They were tactically terrible. Anything else? Any more knives you'd like to stick into my <laughs> chest, on, Daniel? No, I'm just surprised that the apprentice kind of schooled the mass and it was that easy. Oh, well was put, that, sir. It was that easy. Beautifully which is put. a worry for me. Because Mourinho tactically, you think the defensive side of the game normally is his strength, and he's going to he hate had that, no isn't answer. he? And yeah. I, I think uh, in a week where I think there was not enough celebration of the fact that Toby Alderweireld, um, I would suggest the second best central defender in the league, has re-signed for the club. The other side of that coin today, they were desperate for Ericsson and the things he does around the pitch. Spurs lack creativity when they start playing Dyer and Sissoko. Fun though Sissoko is to watch um, as in the middle of midfield. Um, and by the time Ericsson came on, let's be fair, the game, if not in reality at 2-0, mm. um, the spirit of that game, you knew Spurs weren't coming back into yeah. that. There was no way. Um, so a pretty strong case made there that Spurs will never be the worst performance because Mark's going to help us out here, no, isn't No, I'm he? not. No, because this is, this is, this is thin gruel, I'm afraid. Why? But I'm going to do it anyway. This Dean, be, this... Well, Dean Smith got on my nerves, <laughs> and mainly because he did such a lovely thing in the week against the Liverpool kids when he played in the cup. Is he went in with he went to the dressing room to congratulate them all, and they, they walloped them. And you kind of think, okay, so so Dean Smith, probably, like Jurgen Klopp, is surely going to take from the Club World Cup, take that and use it for the rest of his season. Dean Smith took it and used it in the next game by losing at home in a six-pointer to Southampton. And he was they were absolutely slaughtered. Now, they lost McGinn early, and I'm sure that's a, clearly a factor in the game itself. But, but they've it's lost him for months. Ongoingly, it's a disaster for them, isn't it? Yeah, so, I mean, and, and you know, you talked, uh, Daniel, about Farker earlier on there. I, 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 as Dean Smith, should there should be more about this for the side, shouldn't there? And so, for me, they're an underachieving yeah. team. and to, But to lose against a direct rival in a crucial game. But, but if they won so that game, they could have put Southampton down this weekend, I believe. 
and, and put themselves somewhat out of sight. Yeah, it's a big game for them, and I think for the money they spent, yeah, their recruitment's been has been poor as well. Right, um, heavily reliant on Grealish. I think he's their top goal scorer. I think it's like net hundred and forty four million, like the highest in the Premier League this season with money spent. Um, Shipping goals in, conceding too many. And you, you can only imagine he's got to spend more. They probably yeah. can't, can they? They're probably FFP. Well, I, I hear about this. Um, my, my colleague here at TalkSport, Simon Jordan, tells me he's seen the books and there shouldn't be under FFP no. uh, problems because, you know, he says, how can a Premier League team ever become uh, sanctioned for FFP because the money yeah. just keeps rolling, rolling and roaring in yeah. uh, to the coffers. Uh, Danny, you talked about um, coming into the Premier League. Um, Aston Villa... I think would have been the of the three teams that came up. They were the one everyone yeah. thought they would be comfortable yeah, because McGinn, because right, of the three, uh, yeah. Grealish, because Tyrone Mings, and yet of course you know it's an eleven man game and you, yeah. you the Premier League is what's the word? It's vicious, isn't it? It if is. If you've got any flaw, you've got to get the people, balance right. People go into it like frost into cracks, they do. don't they? And they're trying to play football, um, and it, they got problems at both ends. Really, probably not scoring enough goals. Wesley hasn't really done it, has he? No, that's true. Conceding too many. The Tyrell Mings injury annoyed me with Dean Smith a couple of weeks ago, where he goes down left like he's shot, left him on the field he's of play, his hamstring, yeah, leaves him on the field of play, and he comes score. back on. They play it through the gap because yeah. he can't move, and Vardy scores in his, you know, they one nil down or whatever. And but that's why you've got medical staff. Exactly. Surely, but as a manager, you can see he's running down the line. He goes down. He's holding his hamstring. You know, you've, you've, and he should know he's pulled his hamstring. Get yourself off You're the pitch. You're better off with 10 fit players on a pitch yeah. than one carrying an injury because they will leave exactly. gaps, won't they? Yeah, and that's what happened. They scored as soon as he came on and he was trying to almost blame Tyrell Mings then after by saying, well, he's never had that injury before so he didn't know the feeling. Well, thanks, and... Dr. Kildare. <laughs> I know. So he, he needs thanks, to Thanks, Dr. Leg from EastEnders. That's so one I, of the teenagers. I was going to go with Villa until Tottenham. I was going to so go Dr. A... Doolittle, actually, because <laughs> Robert Downey's doing it. I saw him in the trailer before Star Wars. It looks like it could be quite good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Have you seen I... this new Star Wars film then? I did. What? Did you think of it? I'm not. I, I can't go around revealing <laughs> all. Oh. oh, it's not It's not out yet, no? Yeah, it's out. Yeah, it's out. Oh. But you know, but I people, thought you said you were going to see cats. People need time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I'll, there's your I'll worst you cats. There's your worst performances: Everton and Arsenal, Aston Villa, or I think rather drearily, the actual winner, Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> Come on, Danny, you know it's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've, sometimes you have to man up and suck it up. I, Danny Kelly, lifelong Tottenham Hotspur fan, occasional season ticket holder when work allows, um, believe that the worst performance of the week by a country mile, actually, was that nonsense that went on on the pitch um, at the, uh, whatever the stadium is called these <laughs> days, White Hart Lane for me, and Spurs are the worst performance of the week. Are you all happy now? Yeah, very. Yeah, yeah, good. Delighted. Well, listen, it's been a fantastic show. Thank you very, very much indeed. Uh, Daniel Gabadon and Marcus Webster. <laughs> Nice. Uh, Extra syllable. I've got one. All that uh, remains for us to do, I think, at this time of year, of course, and genuinely, is to wish all of those of you who are bothered enough to download our podcast a very happy um, and then prosperous or holy or whatever it is you want your Christmas to be. I hope it will be. Same for you and your family, Mark. Thank you very much indeed, and to you. Same for you and your family, Daniel. Merry Christmas to you, Danny. And uh, thank you very, very much indeed. We'll be back, of course, straight after Christmas with another award-winning game day record book podcast. Then, as I say, happy, happy Christmas to you all. That was Game Day, the record book, a TalkSport exclusive podcast. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. 
be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply.